Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are only a few weeks left in the regular season of the MLB. Who will be playing into, uh, into October and who will not? The Miami Marlins will be searching for a new skipper next season. Albert Pujols makes history. A legend in NASCAR is headed to the pits for good. The NFL makes major changes to its all-star event. Top teams escape some tight games. Recapping last week's college football games and previewing week five's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief fire fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on Thursday night in Delaware, Ohio, back live in the studio in Matt's basement. Like uh, Colton said, you know, this this MLB thing's coming right down to the wire with some of these teams. We got we got some locks, but the, the wild cards and, and one um, – one, the National League East is still kind of up for grabs uh, between the Mets and the Braves. Um, they're one game separated, two of them, and they're getting ready to play each other. So it's uh, going to be an interesting final week here, I think. Um, let's uh, let's go through the American League. Um, uh, New York Yankees obviously uh, c- clinched the American League East, sitting at 96 and 59. The Guardians have clinched the American League Central, and the Astros have clinched the American League West. Um, you know, their Astros won over hundred games in that, you know, and we're still, uh, we got four teams that um, fighting for three wildcard spots in the American league. None of them from the AL central Cleveland's the only one coming out of the AL central, but give me your guys' thoughts on the American league uh, MLB chase right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be going to be interesting. I think, you know, we talked about this topic, you know, about a month ago and it's, it's kind of shaping up how we, how we thought it, you know, would as, as far as, you know, what, which teams would be there in the, in the wild card race or, you know, whatnot, obviously there are three different teams from the AL East that all have a, you know, a shot at making, you know, actually Toronto's already made, you know, clinched a spot in the wild card. So it's really, you know, down to Tampa Bay, Baltimore, or uh, you know Seattle right now that uh, those are, last two spots for those yeah. last two spots fighting for it. So I mean, yeah, we could see you know a couple couple teams from from the AL, you know, three teams from the AL East, or you know at least one from the another one from the AL West there make it in there. But uh, yeah, it's gonna make uh, make for some interesting baseball. You know, still still stuff to play for. You know, things to play for at this at this uh, you know only like I said, only about a week or so out from the regular season shaping up. Uh, still. Still some interesting baseball left. So Yeah, I'll tell you it's been a season of kind of surprises too. I mean, you look at the young team like the Guardians, and I don't think a lot of people expected them to win the Central this no. year. So, you know, it's been cool to see some teams step up that, you know, aren't always there. You're getting some excitement. Tampa Bay is back in the midst of things. Mm-hmm. They were kind of down for a while. Mm-hmm. A team like Seattle who's back around the, you know, the playoff chase. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice to see some new blood getting back into this playoff discussion. And the AL, the AL turned out to be a, a great league and a – Looking for some excitement come playoff time here. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, you know, we had, Colt and I were just talking about the the youth of the Guardians the other night. Their their average age is all, it's only twenty six years old right now. Mm-hmm. And Colt found an interesting stat. He was telling me about that they are younger than the youngest that, roster. Yeah, they are the youngest and the youngest roster in Triple A ball. Yeah, Man. yeah, the so. young youngest roster in MLB, and then you know ro- youngest roster on top of that in in Triple A. You know farm the farm team too or you know all the farm teams for for the mlb team so that's that's pretty impressive that yeah. they've been able to you know turn I that think youth... that goes to the veteran leadership of tito i think right without a doubt yeah absolutely and uh you know just to kind of run through you know in the al you know if the playoffs were to you know finish today or you know they were to end today or whatever 
Um, you obviously got, you know, Houston sitting there with, you know, their, their great record at the, at the number one seed, they, they'd be taking a, uh, first round, first round bye, um, mm-hmm. and then they would take on whoever would potentially win the four five matchup, which is currently the Toronto blue Jays versus the Tampa Bay Rays, which is kind of interesting because, you know, that's the AL East, their AL East, you know, rivals or, you know, foes like, or seeing like, each, each other a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, and, and it's actually interesting. The, the five seed, you know, the lower ranked, you know, Tampa Bay Rays actually lead the series 10 to eight in the regular season. So, you know, going to be interesting to see if they can translate that into, uh, you know, a three game series um, in the, in the wild card round. Um, against uh you know toronto there but uh then the number two seed then would be the new york yankees um they also would get a first round a first round buy um and then they would take on the winner of the three seed cleveland guardians or the six seed seattle mariners um and you know another one the mariners Mm -hmm. actually lead the series against the guardians six to one in the regular season so you know not 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 what you want to want to see you know if you're a higher seeded team here in the in the al um so yeah could could be, you know, could be potential for some chaos early on, you know, in that in that first round in the in the American League. So we'll see see what happens. But uh, yeah, should be some still some interesting baseball left in the regular season. But yeah, looking forward to you know October and, and seeing what happens then too. So is it too early to get a guess from you guys? Somebody <laughs> who who you like coming out of the American League? Uh, I think uh, you know a month ago I said you know Houston. I think is is who I picked to come out of the American. And I think I'm gonna you know stick stick to it. I, I think you know. The Yankees have been ever since they kind of got off to a really, really hot start, kind of the first half of the season, they've kind of muddled their way through this second half of the season, just kind of been up and down, um, you know, always, you know, I, I think I don't think you can count the Yankees out, but I, but at the same time, during the regular season or over the last several years, the Astros have had the Yankees number there. Um, so I just I think I think Houston there. Obviously, a very, a very you know veteran team, been to the playoffs, been to the World Series several times, yeah. and I think that really you know it's a different level of baseball when you when you get when you get this deep in the season, um, and I, I think the Astros you know have a a complete team or you know a a, a good enough team to compete you know uh, for a World Series. Yeah, I think the last time we talked about this, I actually picked the Yankees, and I, I think I'm going to stick with them. I, I think they're going to kind of ride some of the momentum of of their superstar Aaron Judge, who we're going to talk about a little later for something he just accomplished. So. I think just having that on your team and just the excitement and the the momentum you can gain from a chase like that, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's something that can kind of help guide you through and, and, you know, maybe pick up a series you don't think you might win. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, we'll see if that, you know, that that carries them through the playoffs. But I was like Colton, I, you know, there when we talked about it a few shows back, I I liked Houston. I still got – I still like them kind of as much as I'd like to pick the Guardians. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, with it with a young um, team, just not you know the playoff yeah. experience not being there. It's, it's yeah, it, it's yeah, going to be tough. I think, uh, it's going to be tough. Going all right. So over to the National League. Like I said, uh, the Cards are in. They've they've clinched the National League Central, and the Dodgers obviously with their great record of clinching National League West. But the National League East is still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Mets and the Braves separated by one game, and they're getting ready to play three games in Atlanta. Wow. Um, you know, head to head there, so that that's going to be impressive. And then um, after that, the Mets get three games at home against the Nats, who have the worst league, worst worst record in the league, and the Braves go go to Miami mm-hmm. um, against them, who have uh, one of the worst records in the league as mm-hmm. well. So. It's all going to stem, you know, uh, how the series between the two of them works out. I think that's your – that's almost like a playoff, three-game playoff series right there. So, right, right. And, you know, and then, of course, whoever doesn't make it's going to be a wild card team. So, they're not 
so they're not out of the playoffs. Right. Yeah, but uh, actually already clinched that wild card. I mean, yeah. they're, they're 13 games up on the next right. closest yeah. competitor. Right. In the it doesn't matter, card, so. you know, who who wins, whoever doesn't win the National League East has, still got, a, has got a playoff yeah. spot. But then, you, know? but, but then you still have yeah. you still have um, four other teams uh, out there competing for those two last spots: the Phillies. Um, at 83 and 71, Milwaukee at 83, 72, Padres at 86 and 69. And still statistically, the Giants can still get in, even though they're one game under 500. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, obviously a lot would have to go their way. But, uh, you know, I, I look for I look for. Well, tell me who you think is going to who, – who's going to win the National League East? Who's who's going to better the Mets or the Braves? Who's going to come out of there on top? I don't know. I think I, I like the I like the Braves. They seem to be playing hot right now. They seem to be, you know, a hot a hot team. And, you know, it, it, you know they, we, we counted them out early in the season. They, they kind of pulled the same thing they did last year where they mm-hmm. got off to a real slow start, just didn't look like the World, you know, world Series, def, you know, defending that World Series title. But man, this this second half of the season, man, they found their mojo and they, and they look like a hot team. I, I think, you know, the the Braves will will get it done and then you know take the crown there in the in the NL East. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely kind of a, a toss up matchup. It's hard to pick either way. I'd, I'd have to kind of look at you know who's who, pitching, who's well, yeah, yeah and, and kind of what, what's their other series leading into this? Who who does uh, Atlanta have left to play the other match. than? They have the, the Nats. Nats, okay, so that that's yeah, looking a lot easier for them. They both played three – their last three games are against two terrible teams. Okay, so yeah, that, yeah. That, that helps on both sides. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely going to come down to that. that series. I, I think New York in a, in a three-game series, though, I, I think they, they can with, – with having the one game up, all they got to win is two. Right, so, right, yeah. You know, I, I think I give New York the, 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 the slight advantage. advantage. Okay, yeah. I th- yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, maybe if it was – they had five games to play each other, you know, if it was a five-game series, maybe – you could uh, maybe give Atlanta a better shot. You know, I think it, you know they do get them at home. They do have to play in it in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but yeah, they basically got to win all three, right? Um, right. to go then one game up, and then you know obviously finish out the season with two of the weaker teams in the league. But beyond that, then uh, who you like coming? Who who's your other two picks out of the out of those other four teams for that those last two wild card spots? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think the the Padres are. You know, they're almost three games up there. They they look like you know pretty look solid. Like long, you know, pretty yeah. solid. They they you know just wrapped up a series or you know are wrapping up a series with the Dodgers and they you know battled them hard. I think you know took took the series or you know one one two out of three in that one. So and obviously we know what the Dodgers you know are capable of. They got you know not only did they win the NL West but they got the best record in baseball right, right now. So right. if you can you know, win a series against them that, that, you know, means good things going into, you know, going into the playoffs. So I like, I like the Padres to, you know, clinch one of those, one of those spots. We got um, one left. And I think, I don't know. I, I think Philly, you know, just kind of looking at it, Philly has been kind of on a slump here, you know, late yeah, in the season. Struggling. Yeah. They, they just played the Cubs last night and right. didn't play well. Yeah. I, the team with the record of the Cubs being able to knock them off. It does, doesn't bode well for them. Right. So I think, I think the Brewers are, you know, trending more on the upward slope and, and, you know, I think they could, you know, they're only a half game back there. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. it, you know, they could be trending in the, in the right direction and the Phillies going, going the wrong direction here. But, uh, yeah, so I think I think the Brewers might might jump over them and, and take that take that final spot. I'll say though, whether Philadelphia makes it or not, the the kind of turnaround they've had this season after firing their manager early yeah, on, twenty games or so into it, the it's, season, it's pretty amazing that yeah. they're even even here right. talking about Getting being making about, in October. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, Matt. But I I got to go with Colton. I think I think obviously the Padres 
or my pick along along with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. I think coming out of the coming out of the National League. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know, similar to the to the American League, you know, if the if the playoffs were to start today, um, obviously that number one seed. Los Angeles Dodgers, we all know, you know, obviously the they're best record. In ba- they're they're the best record in baseball. They're they're the number one seed in the National League. They'll have a first round bye, and then, you know, they got an interesting second round matchup. They'll be taking on the you know the Braves and you know the defending World Series champs or or the Padres. So, uh, you know, a, a division foe or you know somebody that they see quite quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, as it stands now, technically the New York Mets would be the two seed because they're you know. They're on top in the in the NL East and got you know second re- second best record there in the NL, um, and they would also have a first round bye, and they would take on the winner of the Cardinals Phillies series as it as it stands now. Um, mm-hmm. That would be the the three seed St. Louis Cardinals versus the number six seed Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, another interesting you know thing the Phillies actually lead four to three in that series hmm. in the regular season. Isn't so that crazy, and, that and, and it's and the trend the trend continues. Um, the Braves against the Padres, the Padres lead the regular season. Even if they play the Mets, they lead the regular season in that. So Jeez, every wow. single lower seed in the playoffs a has a better regular season record than the higher seed. So, we, you know, we could, we could see some real chaos <laughs> here, in, you know, in the first round, you know, first round of the playoffs, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I just found that pretty interesting that, you know, when I was kind of going through that stat that, yeah, all, all the lower seeds, have better records against the higher seeds in the in the regular season. So mm-hmm. see if that that trend you know holds in in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, could could make for some interesting baseball. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and some other uh, MLB news uh, this week. Miami fired their their skipper Don Mattingly uh, was a guy that um, played all four when he was a player. Played all fourteen years in pinstripes there in New York, and uh, you know managed the Dodgers. Had a winning record actually with the Dodgers. Um, but uh, not so much with Miami. Um, I don't know. Good move, bad move. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of kind of interesting. I was looking at some some stats or whatever. Even though he's he uh, you know is the guy that sits on top of the most wins by a by a manager in in Miami you know Marlins history or whatever. He actually has a worse winning percentage than you know all those. So it really is just a you know a testament that he's just more been there, he just been there longer right. and, and right. had the opportunity or whatever where. You know, some of these other guys, I mean, he's quite a bit ahead of like the next closest guy um, when it comes to win. I mean, almost 200 more wins than the next closest guy, but his winning percentage is almost a full point, you know, lower than, than the, you know, the mm-hmm. next closest guy. So, yeah, I think it just speaks to, you know, he, he just has been there longer. You know, they were willing to give him, you know, a little bit longer time to see if he could get things turned around and, it just didn't didn't happen. Never came to fruition. Never was able to bring that success he had with the Dodgers to to Miami. Um, outside of the the one season in in twenty twenty, but that was the the pandemic year where you know anything was possible. Then mm-hmm. that that you know they have not had a winning record. Um, in any they of probably the, would have made the playoffs that year. They um, did make the playoffs. Well, I mean, year. yeah, yeah, the shortened season. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, but uh, and he also, I mean, he won NL Manager of the Year that year too. But outside of that, you know, that one magical season, or you know, if you can call it magical or whatever, never had a winning record in the other, you know, any of the other seasons, and never made the playoffs in any of those other seasons. So uh, I, I kind of struggle with this though, because the, the the Marlins, they're just they're a typical small market team. Mm-hmm. They, they trade away their best players. Mm-hmm. They they don't build a winner. Right. So you know, what, what do you expect a guy like Mattingly to do? Mm-hmm. I mean. 
you can only work with what you got. They, they didn't put the best pieces around him. Right. I, the guy showed he was a winner when he was in L.A. I, yeah. Well, so it, so I does he, he get another do job somewhere? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think it, it – I mean, we, we say he what got – he, 61? I think – Yeah, he's not, not very, you know, very old, I guess, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, when it comes to manager, you know, level, whatever. And I guess we should we should use the term. I mean, he didn't technically get fired. They kind of both mutually, mutually decided that it was, yeah. you know, just time to – because Mattingly has said that, yeah, he wants to step away from the game maybe a year or something and just to spend more time with family, just kind of recuperate or whatever before. And, I mean, he, his contract was set to expire at the end of this year. So, I mean, it was something that you maybe could have yeah. could have seen coming already. Right. Um, well, I think he's always wanted to manage the Yankees, but mm-hmm. I don't – you know, I don't see that obviously in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think – I don't think he's unemployed for very long. Yeah, and I, I mean – you talk about the front office and, you know, getting things, you know, done or, you know, not being able to make moves or, you know, get the right pieces there or whatever. I mean, they brought in the, the legendary Derek Jeter, you know, to run, you know, run the front office. And, you know, even he couldn't get it. I mean, but yeah. at the beginning of this season or, you know, towards the beginning of this season, he decided to, you know, step down from his, you know, position there with the Marlins. So, yeah, even even the legendary, you know, as great as Jeter was as a player, wasn't able to translate that to, you know, greatness in, in the front office. So, to do. yeah. To do. All right. Well, moving ahead, uh, Albert Pujols hit a milestone this week. Uh, hit a 700 dinger. Wow. I mean, you look at the guy, been in the league, what, 22 years, mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. He's still, when I watch him swing the bat, it is a thing of beauty. <laughs> it is like so smooth mm-hmm. and so level. It's effortless almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy doesn't, I mean, he's a big man, obviously, but uh, you know, when he hits a ball over the fence, it doesn't even look like he's trying. Mm-hmm. It just, it, he just, just one of those guys that just has a, to me, a picture perfect swing, um, you know, and he, he's in some rare company there, you know, hitting 700, but give me your thoughts on Albert Pujols career. He said, this is, He's done. Said yeah. he's done. Yeah. 2022. Uh, it's, it's been a heck of a career for him. 3,075 games. He's played at 1,908 runs on 3,378 hits. Of course, the big milestone, the 700 home runs, 2,208 RBIs, and a career batting average of 296. Mm, wow. So, he, I mean, he joined only three other players in that 700 club with the likes of Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds. I mean, yeah. that's just an impressive stat. But, but I mean, to get there, what it takes to get to 700, consistency and longevity. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's been consistent for 22 years. Right. That, that's how he gets to 700. Right. And, you know, looking at this, I'm not sure anybody else gets there. I, there's a couple of guys we can talk about, but I, I know Colton had a few uh, few facts he wanted to talk about a little bit, and then maybe we'll go into who else might have a chance to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I kind of took a different approach or a little bit of a different spin on this because, uh, yeah, you talk about that long career and, and – so I, I did kind of a uh, go back in history type thing and, and you know, where were, where were we when type deal. Um, you know, obviously, you know, like Dad said, Albert's been in the league for, for 22 years um, and, and uh, made his debut or, you know, whatever back in April 2001. Uh, so it's it's crazy to think, you know, where, where were you when uh, back then? But, uh, you know, I just kind of looked at some of the big things that were going on in the world or, you know, big things that, that were happening in the different, you know, different realms. Um, we had the – in the sports, you know, in the sports world, at the time that Albert hit his first, you know, hit his first home run, Tom Brady at that time only had six career passing yards. Uh, so to think, I mean, Tom was somewhat getting his career started at the same time that, that Albert was getting his, you know, career started. And it's crazy to think that, yeah, they, that they've lasted as long as they have and probably have had Hall of Fame careers twice over, if you will. So, but uh, 
another another one was um Ed Reed, you know, the, the terrific safety that, you know, played for the Miami Hurricanes and then, you know, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens um, at that time was a senior on the Miami Hurricanes 2001 National Championship team throughout, you know, Albert's career. Obviously, Ed Reed went to the NFL. He retired and he made the Hall of Fame all before Albert even, you know, hit his 700th home run. So that guy, you know, Ed Reed had a full, you know, a full career in the NFL, retired and made the <laughs> Hall of Fame, you know, all before, you know, Albert hit his 700th home run. So just, uh, you know, crazy, crazy to think. But, um, you know, last one there, kind of in the sports one, LeBron James was a sophomore in high school when, <laughs> when, when Albert, you know, made his made his debut. So to think about, you know, what, what LeBron's de- done, you know, since that time. So crazy to think about. But uh, then then over kind of in the, the technology world uh, for, you know, those tech people out there, the iPhone hadn't even made its debut. It would be another another six years before the iPhone would even would even come out. Um, and really, Apple and its Apple products were really just kind of getting their getting their start. Um, but you know, another internet you know sensation you know that uh, everybody likes to to reference or use, and that's that's Wikipedia. At that time, it was only four months four months old. Um, and and it would it's it's crazy to think, but Albert Pujols's Wikipedia page actually didn't make its debut for another three years um, in, in June of 2004, it, he wouldn't even get his own page for another three years. Um, so crazy, crazy to think about there, but uh, you know, in the pop, the pop culture, pop culture realm, um, you know, I didn't know this, but I was looking at it, the, the Harry Potter, the fast and the furious and all of the oceans franchises made their debuts in 2001 as well. I mean, mm. you know, to think about how many of those that they've <laughs> made over the years. I mean, it, it's crazy, crazy to think about, but yeah. So just some, you know, some crazy history, you know, historical facts about, you know, what has changed in the 20, 20 plus years that, you know, Albert has been in the league and has, you know, accomplished this great fate of, you know, hitting 700 home runs and, and counting at this point, yeah. because you know, he's playing for the Cardinals. They're going to obviously make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what, uh, what he can keep doing here, here, this final, you know, final Amazing season. Career. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. El hombre. <laughs> yeah. So do, I mean, the machine. You, yeah. Do you guys see anybody else hitting, hitting that 700 mark? Look, no. Looking at the, the history right now. I really don't. So, so what, what I was looking at for all the guys who have achieved the mark by the age of 30, they've had at least three, 300 home runs. Wow. There's two guys in the league right now who can, who can tout that stat. You got Giancarlo Stanton who's currently 32 years old. He's got 375 home runs. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout, who's 30 years old, he has 346. Mm. So, you know, they, they both kind of have an outside shot, but you gotta look at this. For the next 10 years, they got to keep playing. They got to average around 35 home runs a season Ooh, for yeah. the next 10 years mm-hmm. to get to that 700 mark. That's right. just a crazy stat the more right. you think about it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially as you get older, I mean, you just start the injury wear down and, you yeah. know, whatnot. And you got to yeah. be able to hit the ball and hit it with that much velocity to get it, you know, get it out of the park. You know, that, that yeah, it's just something you gotta, yeah, you gotta perfect or you gotta, you know, really have your body in, in good shape to be able to do, um, you know, another guy I think that, you know, dad, maybe, you know, talk about with, with Aaron judge. I mean, obviously he made history of his own, you know, this, this week, this week. Yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, you know, hitting his 61st home run, you know, tying the record for what most American home runs, league. American league, you know, Roger most, Maris. uh, most home runs are, you know, in a season or whatever. I mean, you think, think he has any, any shot or, you know, yeah, he, he might be a guy I think uh, way too early in his career to tell. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's got to stay healthy. Obviously he, right. had, he has had some, you know, minor injuries, but, uh, yeah, that's a good point Colton brings up. He did tie the American League uh, record held by Roger Maris at 61. Um, you know, and, and 
Roger Maris Jr. has been following kind of under the radar the last nine games, kind of following and, you know, with uh, uh, Roger Maris's widow, Roger Jr.'s mom, they've been following it. But uh, um, he says that if that if Aaron Judge hits 62, that should be the official record. Yeah, it'd, what be, it'd be the non-steroid. Right. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I can't maybe disagree with him in that, you know, in that sense. I guess it, it, it really depends. I mean, I guess at this point, the MLB writers or the MLB people are, are, you know, when it comes to Hall of Fame voting, they're, you know, somewhat not, you know, they're, they're not including those guys or, you know, not really, you know, showing them much love or whatever. So, I mean, I guess as a baseball fan, you, you, you somewhat have to do do the same. You have to, you know, somewhat say, yeah, Barry Bonds with his, you know, 73 or whatever, but there's an asterisk next to it or, you know, whatnot. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's tough to, tough to say, but I, I would say that, yeah, you'd have to say, you know, he did it where, you know, yeah, there was no juice or, you know, there wasn't the speculation of that. So you don't feel like it's it's tainted as as much. So yeah, I don't know. I have trouble with that because it, it was the steroid era. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it, was, it wasn't was legal, but a lot of the league was doing it and a lot of the league wasn't hitting 700 home runs. There's still a whole lot of talent that it takes to, to be able to, you know, pound the ball out of the park. I, I, I'm not saying it didn't help. But there's still the hand-eye coordination and just the, the skill to hit a baseball and, mm. and to put it where you want it. Right. There's just so much more that goes into it. I just, I don't know. Like I said, if if a lot more players were hitting that many home runs, then maybe I could see it. But there's 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 more to it than just the steroids because mm. there were a lot of players at that point in time taking roids. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and really the technology today behind these players making them bigger, faster, and stronger. It may not be steroids, but there's all kinds of other supplements and things that these the players back then didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Babe Ruth never had stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I don't think you can compare eras. I don't think you want to say that that's not a record. They still hit the home runs. They mm-hmm. still went out of the park. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think I give it to the guys. I think they should be in the hall too. I think Pete Rose should be in the hall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's for the best players. They they were the best of their era. You know, steroids or not, it's just, it's just, it was the era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can see your point. I disagree, but I see your point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think Roger Maris Jr. has a point. If Aaron Judge hit 62, to me, that's the record that stands. Um, and I, and I, I don't, I don't think those guys should be in the Hall of Fame either. I, it's just my thing. It's probably, uh, way too, uh, way too biased on my part but you can't change how you feel yeah so all right well let's move on um like colton said uh got a legend uh kind of retiring for the second time um jimmy johnson had retired from nascar two years ago but now he's uh stepping down in indycar he's still going to run maybe some of the bigger races but uh kind of looking back on his career a little bit um, you know, we've talked in the NASCAR segments that we've done here recently, we kind of talked about the changing of the guard going forward, but this was a guy, you know, he's tied with Richard, Richard Petty. Petty and Dale senior for seven time, you know, Winston cup champion or NASCAR cup champion. Um, and the only guy to do it five years in a row. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that is an amazing stat, mm-hmm. you know, and he came up. Hendrick racing when uh Jeff Gordon talked had Rick Hendrick into signing him back in the day and you know back then you know Dale Dale senior was was the man everybody wanted to beat and uh you know the crowd initially was 
not Jeff Gordon fans, not Jimmy Johnson fans, but I'll tell you what, he won over the crowd just by sheer talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. That guy's an amazing driver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that, that speaks volumes of, you know, winning it five years in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a record that's ever going to be, be yeah, able to I, be broken I at that point. That, that's, you know, crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, like dad said, you know, retired from NASCAR a couple of years ago and then, yeah, just been doing, you know, IndyCar, you know, stuff here the last couple of years, um, you know, 2021 he did you know kind of a smaller schedule where he only raced kind of the road courses and then 2022 we actually raced the full IndyCar IndyCar schedule you know whatnot but uh yeah gonna take a you know a significant break from you know racing um still has you know kind of 10 miscellaneous kind of bucket list you know race races that he wants to you know wants to be a part of um but uh yeah gonna take you know, a big step back from, from, you know, as much racing as he has done and, uh, you know, in his, you know, long career in racing in general, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, not, not totally done yet, you know, not ready to totally hang up the keys yet, but, uh, yeah, definitely going to take a, you know, a much, much, uh, big step back. So yeah, I, I found this whole thing interesting. I guess I didn't even realize he went to IndyCar. That's, mm-hmm. that's how kind of irrelevant yeah. he's been since right. he's been there. Right. So, I, you know, I don't know kind of how I feel about this because as great as his career was in NASCAR, I know he's living a childhood dream because mm-hmm. he always said he always wanted to drive the Indy cars and, and race in that series. But it just kind of takes away from his legacy a little bit. Kind of like when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards. You know, mm-hmm. you're just not the same. You're, you're not up there winning right. and competing like you used right. to. It, I don't know. It's kind of sad to see in a way. You kind of wish he would have rode off into the sunset as, yeah. as a NASCAR driver. All right. And I guess one of those bucket list items that he does want to kind of try to do, um, and it's only been done a handful of times, um, is uh, competing in the what they call the Indy Charlotte Double, um, where you race in both the Indianapolis 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway all in the same day. Mm-hmm. Um it's only been done, you know, a couple of times. I think Kurt Busch was the last one to attempt it back in 2014, I think was the last time it was it was attempted or whatnot. Um, so he said that that's something that he, you know, may want to give a try and see what see, see what he can do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he has experience in, in both of them. Um, you know, it's been obviously a while since he's raced NASCAR, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does truly do that, you know, I think he'd want to try to pull it off sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, it's going to take some serious yeah, endurance. Right, to, to right. Two races like that in a day. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Uh, stay tuned while we uh, pay our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, going to get into some uh, NFL news real quick. Uh, just a short segment here on the Pro Bowl. It's not the Pro Bowl anymore. <laughs> nope. Um, you know, kind of going to like a skills weekend or something, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get some information like on the format, but it's almost like a week-long thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's going to be some uh, – they're going to play dodgeball, which I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know where that came from. Um 
some quarterback drills, a best catch um, competition. I don't know how that's going to be judged. I, I would, I would equate, uh, you know, equate that to kind of like the the dunk contest, if you will, kind of in right. the NBA. If I'm thinking about it, well, I mean, it, it, it they did it last year, right? So yeah. yeah, they gave them points on you know how, how they went up and caught it. Right. And they do a flip in the air and, and yeah. they're landing. Right. Yeah, so I, I would equate that to you know similar to like the dunk yeah. contest, and if a, you will. A, a competition called thread the needle. I'm assuming is yeah. a throwing. You know, competition, whatever. Yeah. And then the final uh, final thing, I guess, um, is a seven-on-seven seven flag football mm. uh, game with the with the skills players. And they said there may be some other stuff, like for the linemen, some other competitions or whatever for mm. the linemen. But I, yeah. I want to see them bring back – they used to do – way back when during the Pro Bowl week, they used to do the bench press. I want to see them bring that back. That's just so exciting to <laughs> watch these pretty big cool. guys just pound out the yeah, reps. Yeah, because I've also seen something where they said that they are going to have, like, some skills competition – completely unrelated to, to football, like some non-football skill related, yeah. you know, competitions That's probably, you know, throw in dodgeball or, you know, throw in, you know, yeah. I don't know, maybe they'll have like a, a jeopardy, like trivia <laughs> type deal go. or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're changing it. From, you like it? I mean, I, I th- the pro bowl was, it's been useless it, this, yeah, this for is, a while. Long, long long overdue. These guys, yeah. One thing I did find was interesting and you know, the, the players association and the owners agree to it. Um, if you're selected, you must participate mm, unless you're injured. Okay. Where, you know, in the past guys, a lot of guys, and that was kind of, kind how of an it, opt out type. Deal. Yeah. I mean, I think one year, 2016, there was 135 different players that went to the pro bowl because there was so many slots play. to fill right. because guys, that didn't want to play or, you know, or stepping down or not, you know, competing mm-hmm. for right. fear of injury or whatever else. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think it was time for a change. Is this the right direction? I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm interested to see that flag football, you know, cause I, I think obviously, obviously with going this flag football route, they're still trying to have somewhat of the pro bowl game, mm-hmm. you know, but they're hoping to increase kind of that player interest right. while also reducing the risk of, you know, injuries or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. But Will it work? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, we, we saw back, I believe it was back in like 2001, mm-hmm. 99, 2001, something like that. Yeah. There's there a running back. They actually did have a flag football game back then. Yeah. It was and, on the uh, beach. It was, it was, it was on, on the, the sand on the beach. Was, and yeah. uh, he ended up tearing up his knee and was out of the league for two years rehabbing. Right. So, I mean, Flag football can be just as dangerous right. as, as regular football. Yeah. And my question is, are these guys going to remember that, hey, we're playing flag football. Yeah, we yeah. don't have pads on. Right. You get competitive out there get, and you start going. running get around. The, yeah, get the juices could, flowing. Could just turn into something more dangerous. Right, than, yeah. yeah. yeah I, well, like I said, we'll see. I mean, it was time for a change. Yeah, obviously. I think oh, yeah, absolutely. Something had to be done. You know, They were yeah. all going through the motions right, anyway. Right. So I, I do like all the skills. I don't even know if they need the flag game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think they could do all the different skills competitions. Just I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, yeah, putting the flag football, it seems to be – the NFL is taking more more of an interest in that, you know, in that realm or in mm-hmm. that, you know, safety promoting part. the flag football right. leagues a lot more than what right. they ever used to. Yeah, because yeah. I was I was reading something where yeah, the NFL actually they they partnered with the uh, International Federation of American Football, which is I guess the governing body for professional flag football or you know whatever you want to call it. Um, where they're actually the the World Games that are happening in July, I think of next year. There'll be flag football in that competition with their hopes that it'll be, you know, so popular that they might be able to have it in the, uh, the Olympic. Yeah, the 2028 wow. Olympic Games in, that's being hosted here in, in the U.S. in Los Angeles. So I think uh, that would be interesting to see because, yeah, yeah, you never we've never seen, you know, flag football. We've never seen football in the right, Olympics like or, you know, stage, whatever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. 
I, I think, yeah, it'll be definitely be interesting to see if they allow professionals to play in that because mm-hmm. it's like the U.S. is pretty heavily concentrated with, you know, players from yeah. the U.S. I, I feel like we would – just another sport for the U.S. to dominate, right. I guess. So it would be interesting to see how they structure that or, you know, yeah. whatnot for the Olympic Games. But, yeah, I think this is definitely, you know, the right move or, you know, a move think, that had to be made. You know, think of Thinking of flag football and how the game's played, I, I don't think like a guy like – as great as he is, Tom Brady is a flag football player because you got to be way, <laughs> move, way move. more yeah. mobile in flag <laughs> right, football. Yeah. I see, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes or, a, you know, Lamar Jackson or, right. uh, you know, Russell Wilson or somebody like that being way more competitive or way more, you know, successful right. at flag football. Yeah, but, depending on what the rules are, right, you know, how, right, how right. they can blitz and, yeah, you know, right. all, how all that works or whatever. Yeah, you definitely got to be, got to be on your feet or whatever. You got to be able to move around there, especially when you don't really have, you know, we don't have really down linemen or anybody right. to block for you. You got to really be. It'll able be to, interesting, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you know, just one more tidbit. Yeah, the the uh, you know Pro Bowl games is what they're calling it here. Um, it's actually going to be in Las Vegas, Las yeah, Vegas this year. That. So yeah, cool. with the with the flag football game being at the Raider Stadium, um, is where they'll nice. where they'll have that. So nice. yeah, definitely be interesting to see. Obviously, yeah, this will be the first year that they're doing something majorly different. Um, and see if it pays off. I mean, it. To me, it has to be better than what they had. What the Pro Bowl you know, turned you, into. So I, I think, yeah. you know, any success will be, be, you know, obviously better than what, what they had right. going. So I agree. All right. Time for what we've all been waiting for. College, College football, football, baby. Re- uh, real quick uh, re- uh, recap from last week. Uh, we Obviously, if you tuned in, we all picked the same five winners last week. We all had a good week. We went four and one. Right. Um, I think uh, me and Colton are winning, tied at uh, 13 and 7 right now. Matt's back on the plus side of 500. So it was a good week for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the that uh, Clemson Wake Forest game, wild double overtime. Yeah. You know, Clemson did did pull out the win. Um, yeah. And really, all, all five of these games were yeah. thrillers, close, they, they came down to the game. wire. Yeah. You know, and I, but I, you know, I'm a little saying, oh, the pack is back, you know, meaning USC, we got to. You know, we got a top 10 team in USC or whatever. But you know what? The Beavers turned the ball over four freaking times right. last week. And, and, they only won and by USA, three yeah, they only won by three points. Oh, and so. it took a, I mean, it was a late touchdown. Yeah, too, with a minute it? 28 to go right. when they took the lead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not convinced that, you know, USC is, you know, ready for the college football playoffs yet this year. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was some great games, Matt. I do got to agree with that. So, yeah. you know, the, and the only one that we missed um, was that, Arkansas, Texas A&M game. Um, and Arkansas had a shot at the end. They man. did. They really field, did. Field goal kicker field goal. doinked it off the top. Yeah, of the, off yeah, the not, top. Not, not the side, <laughs> not the bottom crossbar, but literally on the top of one of the you know the posts. I don't think he could have done that if he tried. Right. You know, a hundred times. The Razorbacks outgained him, uh, four hundred and fifteen yards to three hundred and forty-three yards, and yeah, uh, twenty-four first downs to sixteen it, first it, downs. It, Looking at just some some basic stats, uh, you know, uh, we were very easily could have, you know, went yeah. five and zero. Oh, but yeah. you know, you look at some of the other games, we very zero oh and five, zero oh and five, <laughs> right. too, pretty easy too. So yeah, yeah great great slate of games. If, if I'm Texas A&M, I'm sitting here going. How are we winning football games? Yeah. Our offense Any is horrible. No, Our yeah. offense is yeah. a- anemic God at this awful. point. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, yeah, we talk about we could easily be zero and five, you know, compared to our four and one that we went. Texas A&M Texas could, be, could, could be, you know, could be just as bad, you yeah. know. And it, it just, yeah, it's a head scratcher that they somehow to, you know, find, find ways way to, to win, win. games. Yeah. Um, and then I think they're relying a lot, you know, on that on their stout defense. And we'll, yeah. 
you know, talk about that later, but it's just, yeah, for wow. me, that's, that's Crazy. the biggest thing is yeah. we've talked and, about Texas A&M. You know, and I, I did say that that Hendon hooker from Tennessee would be the difference maker in that game. And he, he had another spectacular game. He uh, was everything for him. 22 of 28, 350 yards and two TDs passing and carried the ball 13 times for 112 yards and another TD. This mm. kid is a legitimate dual threat. Yeah. I mean, that guy's putting himself in the Heisman. He really is. He really is. Yeah, absolutely. Almost 1,200 yards of offense in that game. Yeah, it was back and forth. Yeah, back and forth battle there. Because, I mean, even looking at Florida's quarterback, he threw for 450 yards (laughs) in that one. I mean, not really known for a pass, being a passer. And he, you know, threw for nearly 500 yards. So, I think, uh, obviously, if Tennessee wants to keep, you know, keep rolling and keep things going, they're going to have to, you know, clear up that defense or tune up the, the pass defense there a little bit to yeah, really consider themselves a, a contender there in the SEC. All right. All right. We're moving on to this week's slate well, of games. So. Yes, sir. All right. Well, first one I got on my list is uh, number seven, Kentucky, uh, coming into Ole Miss, who's ranked 14th. Both teams are 4-0, but Ole Miss is a uh, seven-point favorite. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, Vegas likes them playing at home. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I don't know. Uh, Kentucky beat a, a Gators team that was ranked 12th at the, t- 12th at the time, 26 to 16. And really, uh, who has Old Miss played? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tulsa, I guess, would probably be their stiffest competition so mm-hmm. far. And they only beat them 35 to 27. So, yep. you know, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that Vegas has this spread at seven points. Um, I think Will Levi's from Kentucky. You know, he looks good, Hundred, almost 1,200 yards passing, 10 TDs, four picks. Um, you know, he's an outside shot at the Heisman, they mm-hmm. say. He, mm-hmm. They said he's probably a first-round pick in the NFL draft next year. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to go against Vegas. I'm, I'm taking the Wildcats, not only to cover the spread, but to win the game. Well, right. I hope we're not going down the same path as last week because I'm starting right there with you. Kentucky's mm-hmm. defense proven. They, <laughs> they can hold strong against the potent offense. You know, they held Florida – Florida down to what was it, twelve points or something in that 16. game, sixteen. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kentucky play plays has played some potent offenses, and that defense is held strong. I think their defense does enough here, and Kentucky gets it done. All right, well, this is what I say: not so all fast. Right. All right, so <laughs> not so fast, my friends. Here, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you talk about it. You know, yeah, Ole Miss hasn't played anybody, but. You know, they, they struggled with Tulsa last week. But, you know, look at it. Kentucky struggled with Northern Illinois last week. That was, a you know, a tight battle between them. You know, as good as, you know, Kentucky looked against Florida, they looked just as bad, you know, in that in that game against uh, Northern Illinois. And, you know, Ole Miss comes into this game averaging over 280 rushing yards per game and almost four rushing touchdowns a game. And, I mean, not to say that Kentucky's rushing defense is, you know, some slouch, but, you know, they're, they're you know, not – stout on that side of the ball um you know i think that that will definitely you know control it old miss you know get up and down the field plus uh you know because you know will levis has had to do so much you know on kentucky that that really makes kentucky's offense kind of one-dimensional they come into this game only averaging about 82 rushing yards per game now granted kentucky is getting their you know star running back in chris rodriguez jr back this week um last year he was second in the sec in in rushing yards and uh you know, second in the SEC in rushing touchdowns. So that, that'll be huge for, for right, Kentucky right. to, you know, kind of balance the offense a little bit. But I just don't think bringing back your star running back in this this big game, you know, on the road, I, I don't know if that's going to, you know, lead to big things. I like I like Ole Miss to get the win. Right. Maybe not maybe not cover the spread, but but get, get the win. All right, very good. The next I got number two, Alabama, um, going uh, into Arkansas. 
Uh, you know, I, Alabama, you know, we all saw them struggle against a good team in Texas. Probably should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably should be at uh, three and one, but right now they're four and oh. And Arkansas is a team that's three and one. And uh, Vegas has got Bama a 17 point winner here mm-hmm. um, playing on the road. I, you know, I don't know. Bama's, they're doing it through the air. They're, they're, their leading rusher only has 245 yards. Um, and, uh, but I, and they're doing it through the air, and that seems to be Arkansas's defense weakness. Mm-hmm. There, they're giving up over 300 yards passing um, through the air. You know, they they beat a, a solid Cincinnati team early in the season, um, but I can't bet I can't bet against Alabama in this one. I, I'm taking I'm taking uh, Alabama to beat Arkansas. Yeah, I mean Alabama's looked great playing the Sisters of the Poor this year, but when they played their one good opponent in Texas, they did struggle. Mm-hmm. They did. So you know, I, I don't know about the 17 point spread, but I, I do think Alabama does enough to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think they cover the spread though. I think it's closer than 17 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we all agree here. I got you know Alabama on this one, and and for me, it's yeah that passing defense for for Arkansas. They're giving up over 302 mm-hmm. uh, passing yards, almost. 15 yards per catch they're yeah. giving us almost two first downs they're giving mm-hmm. up on every you know every throw and obviously we know the, the the Alabama quarterback you know Heisman you know in the race there for the Heisman you know won it last year in, in Bryce Young we know he can spread the ball around and you know get the ball you know out and whatnot so it and you know another stat Nick Saban 15 and 0 against Arkansas since he's been at Alabama I like it to be 16 and 0 I like Alabama to win this yeah, one I got you yep I agree all right, next uh, I got number nine, Oklahoma State. They've only played three games this year, but they're sitting at three and zero. They're going, they're going to Texas to play the Baylor Bears. They're sitting at three and one, uh, even though they're a lower seed. I guess uh, you know they like Baylor at home. Their uh, Vegas is giving them two two points uh, spread. You know this is a rematch of that Big Twelve title game from last year. There's some bad blood between these two teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bears won 21 to 16. That's only because they stopped Oklahoma State on a fourth inches. and inch. I mean, I mean inches, inches. Yeah. Uh, you know, on fourth down. Uh, you know, if, if Oklahoma State pulls that off, they're probably in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. last year. Right. Um, you know, but they, they didn't. So, mm-hmm. you know, Baylor did win the game and they, they are going, they are going into Baylor's home field. Um, you know, Baylor. I don't know. It's a team that I, I've not been impressed. They've not really played anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, BYU, I guess, and they lost to them in double overtime. But um, neither, is, neither is Oklahoma State. Central Michigan, Arizona State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff, for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they gave up 44 points to to uh, Central Michigan. Um, this this is going to be a this tough one for me to call, but uh, – I got I got to get I got to give this to the Bears just because they're at home. I got the Bears over the Cowboys. All right. Well, I think yeah this this game is going to go one of two ways because something something's got to give in this one. Oklahoma State comes in comes into this game averaging almost fifty two points a game, which is the most in college football. While on the other side, you got Baylor only giving up about sixteen points per game. So th- this one is going to you know it's it's either going to get into a shootout, which I don't think favors Baylor. Or if it gets close, I think that does play more into, you know, what Baylor wants to do. Um, you know, Baylor has yet to allow a team to rush for more than 90 yards in a game. Um, so they're definitely stout, you know, stout up front. And like Dad said, these last two matchups between these two teams have been super tight, super Ugh. close games. But I think Oklahoma State, I think they find a way to win. 
a close one, a hard-fought battle on the road against Baylor. They they get the one. You like the yeah, I like the Cowboys to get it done. Wow, what you got, Matt? Yeah, looking at looking at the stats here, Oklahoma State's scoring 11 more points a game than Baylor is. They're giving up only six more points per game than Baylor is. I think Oklahoma State's offense does enough to win this thing. They've got revenge on their mind. Mm. That, you know, I, I think that revenge factor is going to be enough to put them over the hump and win a close one. Mm-hmm. It should be a good one to watch. Yep. It should be a fun game to watch. Um, next, we got Wake Forest, who you know was on our slate for last week, going going into Florida to play the Seminoles, Florida State. Um, Wake Forest is 22, Florida State's 23. Um, they got Vegas has got Florida State, you know, Given seven points, um, I, you know that. I don't know, but hot Wake Forest. You know, it was a game against Clemson last week. You mm-hmm. know, we all picked. I don't think any of us thought it was going to be a double overtime for mm-hmm. Clemson mm-hmm. to pull that out. Right. Um, FSU has got a balanced attack. Um, their defense has only given up 116 yards passing. Which is good, um, I think, for them. Um, and and but Wake, they're going to be they're going to be tested this week. They're going to be tested this week because Wake Forest likes to do it through the air. Their leading rusher is only gaining three and a half yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So you know they're getting it done through the air. I think I but I, I like Florida State at home in this one. I'm taking the Seminoles. Yeah, Florida State. They're averaging seventy more yards a game. And they're giving up twelve less points per game than Wake Forest. I like Florida State to win a close one here. Yeah, um, you know it's it's Florida State. They're off to a hot start. I mean, they're they're four and zero for the first time since two thousand fifteen. Um, but this is going to be not just this week. This is going to show us over the next couple of weeks is Florida State back because yeah. they play Wake Forest this week, mm-hmm. go against North Carolina State, who's ranked tenth at the time. Yeah. Then play Clemson all three consecutive weeks back to back to wow. back. So we're really going to see is this Florida State team for real here in the next, you know, several weeks. And I think they start with kind of a, I don't know if you'd say a tune-up game, but, you know, one that may be a little bit easier to to get just because of that Wake Forest defense. Wake Forest offense, they've scored at least 37 points in every game they've played. The defense, though, the last two weeks have allowed 87 points and almost 1,000 total yards. And, and Florida State is no no slouch on that offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. I think that they have you know what it takes to be a, a decent team on both sides, defense and offense. I like Florida State to get it get it done at home and, and win, win this game. All right, so that's the first one we agreed on so far this week. <laughs> Big change from last week. All right, last one. I think this is where game day is going to be, isn't yeah, it? Yep. Um, number 10, North Carolina State. Going into Clemson, number five, both teams 4-0. That they, uh, Clemson is a winner by seven points, according to Vegas. That's the spread right now. Um, North Carolina State's only giving up – their defense only giving up 12 points a game and 82 rush yards a game. I mean, that that's a serious uh, rush defense right there. I, I don't know. But, you know, on the other hand, you got Clemson. They're only giving up 79 yards rushing a game. So, yeah. in that junior quarterback, you get Lele, you know, 10 TDs, one pick. Um, I, and, I again, I can't bet against Dabo at home. Mm. I got – I got the Tigers over the Wolfpack. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be gonna be an interesting one. Um, you know, North Carolina State's defense has only allowed three total touchdowns their last three games. Granted, those you know two out of those three games were against Charleston Southern and, and Connecticut. Um, you know, and then the other one against Texas Tech, they held them, you know, to fourteen points, and that was you know a high flying Red Raiders offense yeah. that came into that one. Um, but they you know held stout there. 
I just think Clemson's offense, once again, it, it's a balanced team. They have a stout defense, but they have an offense that can put up points as well. Um, they've scored at least 35 points in, uh, you know, their first four games, um, you know, and, and, you know, got into a shootout last week with Wake Forest. I don't know that, that North Carolina State wants to do the same here uh, this, this week. Clemson has won eight straight at home in this mm-hmm. in this rivalry, but half of those games have been decided by a single possession. So this mm-hmm. one's gonna be gonna be a tight one. I like Clemson to find a way to win another another tight game and, and you know keep their yeah, college I mean, football playoff have, hopes alive. So they have another you know overtime double overtime win in them again <laughs> yeah. this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think you want to keep testing fate. Right. You know? Yeah, and yeah. I don't think they will. I think I think Clemson comes out and says. You know we're we're gonna make no bones about this one. We're gonna right. go out. We're gonna put the put the put our you know hammer down and keep our foot on her neck. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Clemson all season long have gotten off to a slow start mm-hmm. in almost right. every right. game they've played. Yeah, if they get off to a slow start here, let North Carolina hang around and, and think they've got a chance here. Mm-hmm. I like North Carolina State's chances. All right, and uh, actually, I'm going with them in a close game all here. Right. All right, cool. all right, very good. Well, that's all we got for you this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, Colton's going to sign us out. Yeah, appreciate you listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal. Chief Rob Cal. Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, you know, feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. We have an Instagram, and our handle is uh, fireduptp underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on our Facebook page at Fired Up, Sports Podcast. Um, and as always, you can also head over to our website at FiredUp1.Podbean.com, where you can find uh, you know all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about about the show. And uh, you know, at the same time, you can find uh, all of our uh, past episodes and even this episode on all the different podcast platforms: Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can find you know you listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So. Appreciate you guys tuning in this week, and as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.